someone who speaks about magic mushrooms or cannabis can be censored for speaking about the history of the plants. Mm. And this is dangerous. Hi babes, Lady Silverstone here and welcome to my podcast where we're trying to demystify cannabis one conversation at a time. In this episode, we're talking about the cannabis situation in France, the crazy spice wave and our magic mushroom experience with our guest today. She's the host of The Hemp Talk on Instagram, has worked with legendary cannabis activist Mila Jensen, aka Hash Queen, and she's also a digital media consultant for a number of cannabis brands. Let's welcome Tess Eleanor. I hope you enjoy it. Hey babe. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good and you? I'm good. So nice to be on your on your live uh, Saturday. It was really nice. I'm so glad you liked it. Thank you. I enjoyed it so much. It's a really, really nice concept. How did you start uh, like thinking of doing that actually? Because it was pretty recently, right? Uh, yeah, it was basically it was very uh, spontaneous because I was just um, at the beginning of the COVID uh, crisis. It's true that I thought about the injustice in terms of cannabis even more because obviously a lot of medical patients were were not getting their, their medicine and uh, it was very spontaneous. I don't know. I can't even remember the day I, I thought about doing this. I, I think, oh yeah, actually I started with like, I did a live um, with DJ Posca and he wanted me to speak about cannabis on his live and I just really liked doing the live and I thought that it would be nice to use my Instagram to collect m- medical patient and professional cannabis uh, people and I really like uh, the the cannabis community and uh, yeah I really want to get involved because um, I really I'm deeply convinced that things are going to move on really quick in France and so uh Last Saturday, uh, you know, before you, Todd was saying that uh, they're not going to give us the power until we take it for ourselves. Like in every country where they had the right to grow their own medicine, um, they had to fight for that. And and I think we're not going to have every anything like just without doing anything in France. So true, so true. And especially France is such a... It's already a very liberal country when it comes to cannabis. When I was living in Paris for six years, I mean, you smell cannabis everywhere you walk on the streets, in every park, every next to the Seine, you know, everywhere you smell cannabis. And I mean, I remember the first time I was sitting uh, in the park there outside um, or below the Eiffel Tower. And I remember everyone was smoking in, you know, there's always policemen walking around there just to make sure that everyone's fine I'm like but they must smell something you know and for me I'm like okay so they smell this but they don't do anything like they see that we're basically sitting you know with it I wouldn't say it's tolerated in France because it's still against the law very heavily even but the the whole population has some kind of okay it's like people don't care too much about it which is which is nice um, in a way, but it's still it's still against the law, and it's still like what what happens if you if you get caught 
with um, I don't know, let's say ten grams. Like what what is the penalties in in France? Uh, I think uh, less than uh, three or four grams. You they can't take you to the police office. Uh, if you have more. Um, If you have more, you are going to the police office, but there's a lot of people also saying that they have been like confiscated their cannabis and uh, sometimes uh, the cops just take the cannabis and, you know, smokes it. But there's a real uh, hypocrisy in France because as you said, like it's very, uh, it's a very often thing to, you're often very, like, you know that a lot of French people smoke Like, actually, I think there was a survey on, like, that in Europe. I think uh, French are known to be the biggest cannabis consumers in all of Europe. And uh, it France has a very, like, strong history with uh, hemp and cannabis. Um, and uh, so it's really, like, for example, according to the law, you're not, you're not allowed to have a T-shirt with a cannabis leaf on but this is according according to the law That and also so weird. you're not allowed to do any promotion which means that if you're a journalist you can't by by the law the law doesn't allow you to speak about cannabis because it's considered as a stupefiant but there's a it's considered as a hard drug basically and uh, but once again It's tolerated in the media because it's very parad paradoxically now France, France is studying cannabis uh, for medical purposes. So the law, the law between them are quite contradictory with what the government are trying to, to do right now. That is really un unfortunate that, that they still have these very like black and white Like they're doing a lot of studies and a lot of research and like we talked about Saturday that they are doing um, uh, like this test group, right? With I don't know how many people. Uh, I think at the beginning it, it was 2000 and now it, it has, uh, it's on pause, it's on standby basically. And uh, I think they're, they're adding more patients to it. I'm not sure how many. What does it require if you want to be part of the survey? Or like, do they pick out patients with special conditions and take them from there? Or can people apply? Totally. It's really hard to apply. Uh, they picked a few people at the beginning, a very few, because 2,000 is nothing compared to the numbers of uh, medical cannabis patients in France. Um, so, like, actually, uh, uh, one uh, one girl um, called Marine who has endometriosis uh, for the second hemp talk that uh, I did uh, two weeks ago was uh, saying in the live how she tried to apply for this survey and uh, it was impossible. And this is when her she decided like to. Be, be to become an activist for medical cannabis. Okay, so it was longer ago since she tried to get the medical cannabis, but that she was turned off, or so it was a while ago, or was it recently? It was a while ago. Okay. It was about a year ago. A year ago, she wanted to like integrate the program of uh, of medical cannabis in France, 
but uh, she basically couldn't because they have like a very, they have a limited, very limited group and they just recruited a few thousand and they're not willing to expand it yet. Do you know, by the way, the the conditions that you have, that you're applying with, like, can it be anxiety or does, or is it only epilepsy or is it only MS or like, what are the specific conditions? Do you know? Uh, I'm so there's, I've, so uh, actually I don't know the, the conditions, but I know that there is cancer for sure. Uh, I think epilepsy has not been included, which is really wrong. And, um, endometriosis has not been included uh, neither but I don't know all of them but I, sh- I should it's a really good idea I should check at this list because it's probably uh, 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 somewhere on, on the internet but uh, basically they really have to be at a really bad state for them to integrate into the program this is what how this is why it has been really criticized at the beginning it's because people who got into the program, Uh, we're not representative of the, me- the purposes for medical cannabis. For it, for instance, they will take people who are like in terminal phases in cancer, a lot of them, but they won't take so many people who basically they, they, their mindset were, we're going to give access to cannabis for the survey only to the person who really tried everything meaning that they will try all the chemical therapy and everything. So, mm. And that takes a long time to go through all of those uh, medicines as well. It can take years to get cannabis as a, as a treatment from your doctor, which is really unfortunate. Yes, it's really unfortunate when you come to this point. But before you reach to this point, cannabis is, uh, like, gives you the opportunity uh, of preventing the, all the the diseases and that's why uh, I was actually reading before our calls an article on Forbes about how uh, cannabis is like a booming business in the UK because people are trying to to stimulate their immune system and CBD is a great thing for that so and uh, that's also why it should be really uh, legalized now. What do you think about that? Because you know how, so in Sweden, for example, how they want to classify, or I think it's maybe in the whole Europe, how they want to classify cannabis is only as a medicine. But if we classify cannabis only as a medicine, it means that the the medical system will be the only one that is like in charge of the cannabis. But if it's instead considered as, and you will need prescription from a doctor to even get your cannabis, But if it's considered more, like we say, as a superfood, as a as a supplement, as something that you have as well. So, I mean, most cancer patients will still need their chemotherapy, obviously, you know. But getting it with cannabis, getting it with good food and other things will help them so much more, for example. Same with uh, my my endometriosis. I know that With cannabis, only using cannabis is not going to take away my endometriosis, but it will help both with the pain. It will also help a lot with like the pain, even though I'm not smoking like right now, it still helps 
every month my my period comes to not be so super aggressive but i also need to make sure not to eat too much like sugar and carbs and coffee because those things also trigger the the inflammatory in my in my body so all these things still needs to be part of my life for me to be able to deal with the pain and the the hormone the hormonal um, imbalances and so on so it should be considered as a supplement because everyone uses it so differently you will use it uh, in a complete different way from from me for example so it's so important that everyone can have access to it you know so important totally and uh, as you said there's so many different ways to take it and i think one of the biggest points uh that it has to be it has to be like really like as a statement people have to know that you don't need to get high with cannabis yeah. you can also if you use cannabis as a medicine you can have it and not being high at all this is possible mm-hmm. the other day when i interviewed Todd he was saying that basically he after he had eight tumors And after the doctor said to him when he was nine years old that he had like a tumor between his lung and his his heart and that he was going to die and then cannabis cured him. And like he's a writer, he's super smart. Uh, He he like is a a very important person in like the cannabis industry now. And so, I mean, it it really depends of how you use it, what kind you use. And it also depends of, uh, of our body. But uh, I think, um, I think, yep, it's, it has so many like way to consume cannabis now. And it's so linked to our alimentation. And as you, I think that it should not be considered as uh, only as a medicine. I, th- I think people should be allowed to grow their own plants yeah. because as in the same way that my tomatoes from my garden is will always be better than the one I buy in the supermarket. Exactly. Because you are the one that is fully then in control of what you put in the water. So if you put pesticides or if you put, uh, you know, just organic, plain water and, and so on. Yeah, you're in complete control over the, over the growth of it. And it's, again, it's, it's not like we're we're asking to to grow our own uh, like cocaine leaves or opium and then process this into into powder and stuff like that. No, this is a this is a plant that will grow. You turn it upside down and and dry it and you use it. You know, it's nothing more than that. It's like uh, having having basil at home or lavender that you uh, dry and have as tea later on. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's absurd to keep it illegal. And that is, yeah, it's really important that, that we also fight for, for the right to grow. I think it's super important. Super important. We have to be optimistic, but at the same time, realistic. Uh, it will eventually happen, but we're really far from this point. The first point is to get like medical. Yeah. But, uh, it's good that also we have a lot of people are, able now to, to grow weed because they have access to all the, the knowledge, mm. especially online. And I think, I feel like there's more and more people growing cannabis in France and going against the law. I think that's good because 
it's it shows something you know it shows that like this is it's it's my right to do this so how do you live now actually it looks super nice where you are yeah it's nice it's uh, basically uh, i'm at my father's uh, in oxford okay and uh, i'm uh, i'm based in uh, in paris near place de la nation oh okay nice yeah 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 Cool. Have you always? Did you grow up in Paris as well? Yeah, I grew up. Um, I grew up in Paris, in the east of Paris. Okay. Yeah, and I lived there all my life, awesome. and I love it. I yeah. love it. Paris is a beautiful city. I miss it so much sometimes. Yeah, I mean it's very nice, but it's a shame there's not there's not more like parks and nature in Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. So true, because, I mean, you have a few, but yeah, again, you have to go to, like, pretty far, you have, what, Vincennes, you had Bois de Boulogne, that is on the other side of Paris, and then you have, what's the one in the 19th arrondissement? Butchermont, uh, no? Ah oui, Butchermont, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is also nice, but I mean, again, as it is a city, uh, far from the beach and far from pro- parks, Everyone is there in those parks when it's sunny, you know. Exactly, you know. Uh, I was. This is actually what I was thinking of. I was seeing like pictures, you know, of the Canal Saint Martin in Paris, like crowded of people. Yeah. And they closed the park. They closed the parks during the pandemic in Paris because it's so dense and there's so many people and mm. and uh, everyone like goes to the parks. But what I like in England is like there's so much nature, you know. And uh, even in London, you can feel in the park and you feel like in the middle of countryside of the countryside. I really like that. Oh, so nice. Yeah. I'm planning on, a, I'm planning to spend more time in, in, in England. I really like it here. Cool. So how, how come, like, because you work fr- uh, freelance or how do you work? So you can be wherever, whether it's in France or in, in England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have uh, one client in, uh, in England and, uh, but uh, my main clients are in France. So, I mean, um, I have to go to a few appointments also because I, I do, uh, I do, you know, I do PR. Okay. So, yeah. So tell us a bit about what you do. So, uh, basically my job, one of my job is to do the link between the artists, especially authors, between the authors and the French press. And also it, it also work internationally sometimes. For events um, but uh, uh, so basically I write press releases and I send them to the journalists and my job is making the link between the artist and the journalist so the journalists speak about you know their book basically okay okay do you like talk do, do you discuss like with the author of the book for example like okay so what do you want to highlight like you discuss together like on what are the highlights of the book and what are the biggest points to bring out? And then you write something that you will share then to the to the journalist and the press. Yeah, exactly. I read the book and then I write a press release. Uh, we 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 like we elaborate like a strategy, you know, uh, an angle and according a different angle according to which journalist. No, if it's like a culture uh, magazine, it's not the same angle as a, a like society and more like general press. Uh, so, um, so basically, uh, this is how uh, like working as a PR 
uh, brought me to the cannabis industry because I did PR for cannabis authors, uh, such as uh, Mishka, uh, Jorge Cervantes, uh, Mila. And uh, basically, uh, I worked for a book publisher uh, called Mama Edition, and uh, they have a collection dedicated to cannabis. They are a book publisher specialized in wellness and uh, like personal development and also spirituality, plants, uh, organic gardening a lot. I worked a lot for organic gar gardening books. Um, and it was really interesting because even if I knew the plant, I, it got me to, to know it even more. I've learned so much about it, reading and working about on all these books about cannabis, meeting all those cannabis activists, working for them, promoting them. So, and going to all, uh, to all the cannabis events uh, also really um, motivated me to, to, go, to go further in the cannabis way. <laughs> Super exciting. When did you start doing this? So basically, uh, I graduated uh, in, uh, in like end of 2018. And, uh, and uh, so I was, I was looking for a job and I got, um, I saw some, an, a, a job uh, offer on LinkedIn, you know, and just like a book publisher working on organic gardening, uh, spirituality, wellness. It was really close to where I was living and I had no idea that it will, that it would lead me to, to like a cannabis industry, you know, and, uh, and uh, so it was a great experience because um, I've never, I've never thought, I would never have thought like two years ago that I would be now work, m most of my clients now would be like cannabis companies <laughs> and that you every saturday will have hemp talk on your instagram yes. <laughs> yeah exactly it's so surprising yeah but how did you like what did you think about cannabis before that did you were you already you know did you already have a relationship to cannabis by yourself yeah i had a very long it's my so long long relationship with cannabis i had but it's very, very different now because I think before I'd smoke with people, but also my dad is an addictologist. So very young, I was told that weed was sprayed with a lot of shits. And if it was not organic, it was really, can be really harmful. You know, we can go on about all the, the things I've been told like by my father. I was younger about cannabis, but the thing is, also, like very very young, I really like knew that it it was it was I would smoke something good or I wouldn't smoke. And in Paris, I'd never smoke because I had like no uh, reliable sugar man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And. Um, but the thing is, I didn't realize the importance of cannabis before. I was no so no. I would I had no idea how cannabis could heal, 
before I started to work in the cannabis, I thought that cannabis, you know, that when we spoke about cannabis for cancer, I thought that cannabis could uh, be good only for chronic pain. But all this, all this knowledge that all the books I've read, I remember feeling, you know, a bit uh, uh, revolted against, like, like I was felt like I'm finally learning this and every, everyone needs to know this, you know. It feels like that when you start to get more information and understanding more how, how cannabis works as a plant, you feel like, shit, this is something that everyone has the right to know as well. Like, even the people that are very critical against it, they are really the people that, you know, really need to, to know what it's about, you know. I think smokers in general or people that use weed, they know more or less about the culture. They know more or less about you know, these kind of stories, people that have uh, either lived, uh, f- you know, 50 more years thanks to using cannabis, even though they said that they were going to die at eight, for example, um, and, and, and so on. But most people don't know about those, those stories. People think that, I don't know, I, I don't know actually what people think why you're using ca- Do You see what I mean? Like, I don't know what people think is the reason why other people s- smoke cannabis. People say you just want to get high. What does that even mean? You just want to you just want to get high. Yeah, I want to get high because when I'm high, a little bit high, uh, I can work really well. I can sit for hours in front of the computer just writing, writing, writing. I can uh, go on a day without having pain, for example. So if that means you just want to get high, then I guess yeah. But otherwise, what does that mean? Because it they they say it with a very negative and um, down-looking way. Do you see what I mean? I don't know if it's the same in France, but I can imagine it is, though. Totally. I think it's the main stigma on cannabis that people have is that people smoke or consume cannabis to get high, which is really like wrong because the definition of medical cannabis um, is... To, re- to consume just enough cannabis to reach to a point of balance, but not going over this point of balance in the way that you would be, uh, you would be, you would have the effect on the cannabis enough to get rid of the pain, but not so much that you would be high and you would be able to drive and you would be able to work and interact with people. And I think that to that so the stigma is that people only most of people or maybe not a big a big like number of people think that cannabis is only for recreative purposes or at least think that the recreative purposes is the main purpose of of cannabis users which is really not uh, a lot uh, of people are using cannabis as a medical uh, medicine in France, it's over uh, it's five five hundred thousand people. So um, I mean, uh, and it's it's a norm, It's only a norm a number that was sur- surveyed it, but it's you can imagine that more there's more also because uh, it's quite limited that um, because of the opacity and you know and because of the hypocrisy. So. I feel like the, 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 all the medical patients are being ignored 
by mm. the government. And I think that people who are not cannabis patients are also really have a very important role in this situation in the way that everyone knows someone who's sick Everyone knows someone who could use a little boost for their immune system. Cancer, uh, cancer is one of the most common diseases. It's rare to meet someone who hasn't been confronted to cancer indirectly oh, yeah. in his uh, in his family, in his friends, is even in the people he he knows. Yeah. You know, it's someone something very common. So just to support them, I think it's important that education has to go further than the cannabis aficionados. It has to go also, it has to be like a public matter. Definitely. That is so, so, so true. Because again, it's okay. So let's say, right, that, that cannabis comes out, let's say in five years, they it will be legalized let's say in france it becomes legalized in 2025 now what because in school and in every let's say i mean doctors uh, politicians um, all of these authorities that has until today said that cannabis is a gateway drug you should not use cannabis cannabis is a class 1 drug yada yada all of us, I mean, they have to change because all of a sudden they have, or not all of a sudden, for this long time, they have been wrong about so many things. They have been down talking this plant for so, so many decades. How do you even recover from that? I mean, you cannot just legalize something and then not talk about it. Do you see what I mean? You have to now inform the people because there will still be, you know, this grandmother sitting in the you know, on the countryside, somewhere in France that doesn't confront cannabis so much and maybe she's not on Facebook and Google too much, she has the right to know now what this can potentially do for her, you know? And if she doesn't have access to to uh, social media and is not out there, how is she going to get that information? Yes, maybe by a doctor, but maybe not. Do you see what I mean? Maybe that doctor will still be very, you know, conservative in this way of thinking and then this... Uh, grandmother will not have access to cannabis because she doesn't know how are we gonna how are we gonna heal this well i think uh, you what you're saying is really like is a the basis like the doctors are the vector for can for the cannabis patients of have for a safe use um the, a cannabis patient must see or must speak to someone who knows the plants before going in in further in the in the experience in the healing. But um, like, if the only way I think because basically for doctors to to study cannabis to study cannabis, it would mean that the government should do like. A campaign to the doctors and mostly integrated in like classes in courses and uh, I think it's really important to talk about doctors because as you as we say like doctors will be the basis of uh, 
of a he of healing, healing from all these years of prohibition and disinformation and new speech about cannabis, basically. And so the doctors have a really important role because they can really make make things change quicker. Usually when you go to a doctor, I don't know if it is like this everywhere, but usually when I go to the doctor, you see, uh, what do you call it? Like posters, posters about different, like, okay, do you have diabetes or do you have this? Do you have that? those kind of posters. And, you know, usually you can take like a little flyer of something, you know, you should have that in every, every uh, cabinet, every clinic and hospital. You should have this so people can start, you know, because maybe people don't even dare to ask their doctors because of the stigma, but at least, you know, take a little flyer, get some information, maybe to some really reliable website with a lot of information. Maybe something like that could be one of the first steps to um, to get out there because I can imagine that there's still a lot of people that's going to feel the stigma of even asking a doctor, even though it becomes legalized. I think a lot of people will feel the stigma. Just like people still, you know, when you go to the doctor and they say, how many times a week do you drink? How do, how many times a week do you smoke? We all know most people, they actually say less than what they actually do. So the stigma is there, if we, even with stuff that is, is legal. So it will still be there with cannabis for a long time, I think. Yeah, stigma, uh, stigma, the stigmas are going to be there for a long time. The only way to... To heal those stigmas is uh, to learn and to educate. And if doctors are not ready and the governments are not ready to educate about them, them really important matters, well, we have to do it for ourselves. Yeah. And now all the information, if you look for it on the internet, is you have access to all the studies I mean, it's amazing like to think that we have access to all the studies that prove that cannabis are, is efficient for many different diseases. And uh, so we are taking this responsibility, us in the cannabis community, like you, for example, the educational tools you create on your Instagram or the, the beginning it's like really your, we are like for, I'm speaking about, I'm saying, saying beginning just because of France and a lot of people, French people follow you. Mm. Um, so you are a, like, if, and even in, in countries where it's already legalized, uh, where there's not enough, for example, I don't know, is, is there enough education on it in Spain? Maybe not. So we have to keep, even if like, it's going to take a long time uh, before doctors uh, and the government insert like uh, ed educational tools on cannabis. Yeah. So, so it's a really, it's I think it's a community matter, and uh, and it's great that so many people are taking the time to do the research and share the knowledge. And it's so it's so important as well just to to take the time and do it because it's not easy. Like if, I mean, you know it yourself. I mean, sitting when you find one of those like clinical research paper, you know, you're sitting in front of it. You're like, oh my God, it's so hard to go through. And most people, I mean, if, if I had 
another full-time job and another hobby and another interest, I I don't think I would go in and read that because personally, I'm not in there reading about, um, I don't know, let's say something else. Because for me, cannabis is what is, is very important for me. So of course, I, I want to go through all of those papers, you know, and it interests me and I it's a challenge to understand it. And it's it's very interesting. But most people don't have time to do that, which is completely understandable, you know, um, and and normal. But it's really, really uh, needed to do so in order to, like, take it, translate it, vulgarize it, and then spread it to, to people. And that is exactly how, how you do as well. You know, you're talking to everyone from me who is just, I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm not a student in botanics or medicine or anything. But I'm spending time, a lot, a lot of time, to try to understand it. And you're speaking to people like Todd, for example, that has, I mean, his whole life is is thanks to cannabis. It's even thanks to cannabis, you know? So you are having like this amazing platform that is also giving people just a different view of the users of cannabis, you know? Because everyone that uses cannabis is not like Todd. Everyone that uses cannabis is not going to be like Mishka or like you or like me. We're so many different people with so many different needs. And it's so important that there are platforms like either my podcast that will show different people or like Hemp Talk that you have every Saturday. It's so important for for people to see, yeah, just the people, the, the personalities of cannabis, let's say. I'm really looking forward to invite as di- as many different profile as possible. I'd like to show that there's so many so many differences, big differences between cannabis users. For instance, a friend of mine who I've met in the cannabis industry uh, doesn't smoke cannabis at all. She never smoked cannabis. She was just really interested in the ecological purposes and the wellness purposes, and because CBD, like CBD, is a big part now of the the whole wellness uh, wellness uh, world. Um, and so there's so many like there's so like there's people who don't get high, for example, who uses cannabis. There's also people who believe in cannabis for ecological purposes. Uh, there's people who do like hemp clothes, hemp clothing. Um, there's cooks who are only, there would be, I know a, a girl who like is not so much a, of a pothead like me, but it's more like she uses cannabis in food a lot. Does she use this as an oil or the herb? Uh, she used the oil and the herbs um, and the terpenes. So and uh, so, this is a really important thing to people to know is that your like the stigma of you know the pothead is someone who do, who does like nothing, who who is not in business, who is lazy, a potato cat couch, you know. Yeah, and. Um, and this is not true. So it's basically really uh, needed, I think, to to like express like the diversity 
cannabis users. Sorry for interrupting. I hope you enjoy listening so far. Please check out my account Lady Silverstone at patreon.com so I can continue creating cannabis content for you. I'm 30, so for me, uh, I don't need to know like how to roll and stuff, but I remember, I wish I knew, I had a YouTube video, like how to roll a joint when, because I took my first joint when I was 21, or I was about to turn 21, so it was way later, but it was in Paris, um, and I had no idea what to do with this like piece of hash that I had. I'm like, what do I do with it, you know? Should I eat it, or how do, <laughs> how do I do this, you know? like cigarette looking thing that everyone calls joint you know now you have so many ways of of um, both tutorials but also people like other people like us and people that does a lot of uh, information videos about different strains uh, because for example a lot of people ask me what is the what is the point uh, to buy CBD flowers for me it's a huge point like for me when I mix my THC flower with THC, no, CBD flower with THC flower, for me, it changed the whole, it changed the whole experience, you know? Because a lot of people say, yeah, but uh, the CBD will, uh, will take out the, the psychoactiveness of, of THC. So in the end, you're just losing your money. But for me, I'm like, no, not at all. You're having a better experience because yes, it will maybe bring down the highness a bit, but it will replace it with a very good balanced one like throughout your whole body and not too much in the head, you know, that it can be sometimes with... Because the stuff you buy either on the streets in Paris or London or wherever you are, where it's not legalized, and even here in the cannabis social clubs, it's still very strong weed. The weed is pretty strong because that's what people grow, you know, which is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Uh, the weed is getting higher and higher in THC. Uh, in in London, it's really worse than Paris. Uh, there's a lot of skunk. What what they call skunk? So it's not the skunk strain. It's uh, it's genetically modified weed. Um, but it's it's not like it's. A lot of people compare it to spice because it's that strong in THC and it smells like really like you smell it and you're like, it's just too strong. It's just like, it doesn't smell good anymore. And uh, the effect of, uh, of this is really bad. Uh, some study that my dad uh, showed me the other day said that uh, Weed with a higher percentage uh, that uh, 23% of THC uh, were, could actually, actually damage your brain. I mean, it's only a study, you know, there's like, so it's always contestable. You can just, you can have, it, it's, it can also depend of the person, there can depend of many things, but I'm truly convinced just from my own experience, I'm truly convinced that, uh, and from what I've seen of how it affects people, that weed, when it's too much THC, it can be bad for, for the mental health and for the body of the person. Um, so I think that, t I, really don't, I really think that THC is a wonderful molecule 
it's it can be wonderful to have this effect of you know it gets rid of pain you feel you can feel a bit high but it doesn't have to be necessarily too much no definitely not 23% you know yeah you know and uh i i think in nature it's actually uh, 20%. Isn't it the highest uh, percentage of CBD is strange in nature? I think so. Something around there, yeah. So I'm just like you. Uh, I think CBD is great for many reasons. Uh, it, it's great because it can it can like have so many benefits on your body. Uh, it can really heal. It regenerates the cells. It's super anti-inflammatory, which is great. It's 30 times more anti-inflammatory than aspirin. So it's great. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people who have been on opioids uh, have uh, started to use CBD to try to reduce the opioids or to replace them. If yeah. possible, um, I also think uh, personally that, for example, instead of smoking tobacco, smoking CBD is great. I'm a tobacco user, unfortunately, mm, so okay. basically it has helped me a lot to reduce. That's uh, great. Like I smoke tobacco like once in a once in a while. I think I one every two days. I'm like, oh. But it's only because like I'm in quarantine and I, ha I haven't got any CBD flowers and I haven't got my CBD, CBD vapes. Oh, that's too bad. I know. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to get, I'm going to go back to Paris uh, next uh, Tuesday. So I'm going to get some CBD flowers. What do you get in France? Like which one is your favorite, favorite place to get it from? So uh, you were talking earlier about organic, about the importance of organic. And this is how I choose whatever things I, sm I smoke. I always uh, try to get organic. So it's not that I, I think it's like, it's a, it's a fact. Like if you want cannabis to be a, a medicine, which I want, I want cannabis to prevent uh, me from having disease. I want... I want it to, to be good for my body. So I always try to get organic. And there's this little uh, boutique near, near Saint-Paul in Le Marais uh, called uh, Le Lab. It's close to Place uh, Sainte-Catherine. Okay. Sainte-Catherine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's really expensive. I like it. And they have also a lot of uh, cosmetics, hemp or cannabis cosmetics. Uh, they have like cannabis champagne, CBD champagne, which is very good. They have a lot of things like that. They have books. It's a really cool shop and the people are really nice. <laughs> How long have they had their, their boutique? Uh, I don't know. I think it's quite recent. I think it uh, for at least uh, I've been going to this boutique for a year, uh, okay. and I think it, it's quite recent. It must have like two, maybe two or one year. That is really nice. There's a lot of those places now in Paris. I haven't I haven't been to any of them, but I can just see that the one, the Delhi Hemp, for example, is it Delhi Hemp? I've never been there. Me neither. I just I just know that now they have like I don't know five or six different like storefronts in in Paris, so in Marais, in in Montmartre, uh, somewhere in the in the eighth eighth arrondissement as well. You know, so they have 
so many different ones, which is really exciting that they have uh, many different stores. That means that at least it's it's working. It's people people want it, and there they only have CBD flower, you know. Yeah, I think the fact that people uh, are looking for more natural way to heal uh, is really going to affect uh, the cannabis and the CBD industry. Uh, I think more and more people, I see more and more people using CBD and being into CBD, even people who are not into cannabis other yeah. than CBD. I think it's great. Uh, I've, I think all the people that I've introduced to CBD now, they like love it so much. Yeah. It helps them in so many ways. Um, even for example, for athletes, it's such a good thing because it gets you to re- it gets your cells to regenerate it. It makes your muscle recover uh, quicker. For people like us, that has I mean, we're we're working, we're having side hustles as well, trying to do a lot of things. It doesn't it doesn't impact our life in a negative way in the in the way that people think it might do you know uh, some like when my when I told my parents that like oh yeah I've been smoking for like ten years they're like what but but you're having such a good life and you're having a good relationship and you're you're always working and stuff I'm like yes exactly like cannabis doesn't take that away from people you know people that don't manage to do those things that would have happened anyway you know if if someone cannot get out of bed because because of some reason it has nothing to do with cannabis you know it has something to do with whatever they are going through in their life you know so with or without cannabis they wouldn't get out of bed they would still uh, be depressed um so it's very important that people get help with whatever they might deal with um, for example, cannabis is really bad for my little sister because she is an addict. So whatever she gets, when she was six years old, she overdosed on, on C vitamin, which sounds really crazy. But the doctor said to my parents, because you know those uh, those things that make the fizzy thing that you put in water, those vitamin Cs. My little sister, I don't know, she took, she put it as if, uh, as if it was uh, soda, you know? So... After a while, she got like big eczema over her whole body and stuff. And uh, and the doctor said that my parents couldn't give her uh, uh, citrus fruits for six months. So my little sister is an addict, like from the core, you know, and has always been. Uh, so cannabis is not good for her, obviously, and for some other people. But to generalize that as if everyone would get you know, this classic uh, gateway drug. I mean, it's just ridiculous to to even propose that as some kind of reason why it shouldn't be legalized, you know? Totally. Actually, I was going to ask what your dad thinks about you uh, working with cannabis. So even if my dad's an addictologist, is really interested by the... The, res- the recent research that have been done recently towards cannabis, uh, for him, it's obvious that the plant has a huge potential to, um, to, for many, many purposes. Um, but he, all, he so he's not against it, 
But my father thinks that you shouldn't take any substances at all to be, you should be lucid all the time. That cannabis is, is can be good, but for him it's not good if you use it in a recreational way. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So for him it's like strictly medical? Exactly, yeah. I mean, he's not against it. He just thinks that uh, it's 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 not it should not be necessary and for him the fact that you have to use a substance means that you have to deal with some more like deeper issues and for him the only way to get through these issues is therapy not oh. medical therapy but speaking therapy yeah. but uh, but also uh, he also i'm actually planning on doing a video with my dad about addiction to post mm, it great. on uh, my, my, my channel. So uh, what's interesting for what I think is really interesting that his point of view is that even if it should not be used for recreational purposes, he still thinks that, for example, alcohol uh, is way more dangerous than cannabis. And yet you can get as much alcohol as you like uh, alcoholism is something really taboo as it's it's in every country like a lot of people are actually suffering from alcoholism but it's uh, everybody's are there's so many alcoholics that you can't it's really they won't admit it or they don't see what's the problem yeah but um so but there are some addictologists that are really against it, but he is really, he thinks he has no problem for it. For example, because I don't have, um, I'm not an addict. Like I can manage having weed and like not smoke it, like be crazy, smoke it like all the time, like doing, I have a light, I have like a light dosage. And so because my father, trusts me and he knows that I have a good use with the plants he's really not concerned like he understands yeah 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 as an addictologist he also know that it's from case to case because does your dad drink wine sometimes for example no actually my dad he's sober and uh, so basically um my father used to be a teacher in business schools. And, uh, and then when he was like 10 years ago, he decided to, to get back to his studies and to study, to do an MSc, a Master of Science in Addiction. Oh, wow. So basically, uh, my father is an addict because you're always an addict, even if you're still sober, you still have this in you. And uh, I think he has been sober for like 20 years or something. Oh, wow. So you remember him mostly as a sober dad? Yeah. I, well, actually, I don't have like, uh, yeah, I don't remember. I have, I have no memories of him, like, you know, not sober. And uh it was quite, he, he was very lucky because he realized that he had a problem with addiction when he was really young. And 
how his life is all about helping other people who have addiction. So um, addiction is a very important matter to me. And you know, uh, as I so I like uh, speaking about ga gateway drugs. There's so many gateway drugs that are on prescription. Like the doctor would, like you would have a, you would have like a, I don't know, uh, you have to take some morphine, morphine because you had an operation. And uh, the other day I was listening to a podcast called The Cannabis Hangout. It's really good. And I'll send you, it's an episode about addiction. And it's basically one of the, it's, a, it's two girls that, that do the podcast. And one of them has a little sister who had, who had, who had been a, a met addict. And she comes and speaks about her experience with cannabis and about how cannabis actually helped her uh, with her addiction with hard drugs like heroin and meth. Mm, okay. Wow. So interesting. Because that is, that is very, very hard addictions as well with a lot of uh, both side effects, physical and psychological uh, side effects. Exactly. And uh, one thing... Uh, for example, when you stop alcohol, when you stop, uh, well, any substances, your, your addict that you have in your body, it's really a, considered as a bad thing to stop it all at like the same time, all at once. It's really important to go progressively. And a lot of alcoholics actually die of not drinking because uh, they, they can have like heart attack, like strokes because the amount of alcohol in their blood goes to very high to very low. And it's such a huge change for the body that it can't take it. Isn't that, I just need to Google. I think that's how uh, Amy Winehouse died. You remember that she was in rehab and then yeah. she got out again, drank. And then it was something, it was something with alcohol, actually. Okay, yes, I'm going to Google this later. But yeah, so basically totally. it was the lack of it. It was not an overdose of like, you know, some crazy drug that she died of. No, it was it was exactly that. It was alcohol that, that killed her. Yeah, and uh, for me, the alcohol is really linked to the cannabis matter because cannabis is because of the prohibition has been so bashed by by most of people, but while well, alcohol is the coolest thing ever, like when you're in high school, you have to drink alcohol, otherwise you're not cool. Mm -hmm. uh, there's people allergic to cannabis, but there's also people more, much more people in, I think, allergic to alcohol. Yes. And uh, I think that if there were definitely, it would definitely be better for, for a lot of people who are going for hard drugs or for alcohol, uh, I'm totally convinced that if they knew cannabis, they wouldn't have go in this direction. Mm. I mean, I can see it for myself, uh, definitely, that since I start using cannabis, I'm way more mindful of things that both that I put in my body as food but also as, as, let's say, experimenting with other things. I mean, I tried spice. I would never have tried spice if 
I was sober or if I was just high on normal weed. No, I was drunk in Bali, where I was living before, and someone had spice and said, yeah, but it's more, it's, it's just like weed, you know? I'm like, okay, I've heard of this spice. And I tried it and I had the worst, worst, horrifying, scary uh, experience I ever had in my life. I didn't know what paranoia was until I tried spice. And I never done it again after that. And I will never, ever do it again. And it's like you say that the weed in UK can sometimes be so strong that it's almost like like spice. And that is so dangerous because not only is it a bad reputation for our community, it's also very dangerous for people's minds. I mean, I am very lucky and priv- privileged, let's say, to be healthy enough mentally to recover from that spice um, uh, experience I had. But I think a lot of people that maybe like my little sister that that really needs these uh, things to like block her mind, you know, that kind of addiction brain or other other brains. I don't know if you have a bipolar disease or if you have like an underlying schizophrenia, like any of those mental diseases in either underlying or active spice is the most dangerous thing you can take you know it's so dangerous like uh, and uh, so um uh, so my father gets like every year there's like analyzes that is being done in the uk on the wheat on the black market mm. to it's in order to identify which things they cut the weed with to make it more heavier to do more profit mm. so they they before like they used to spray a lot of things on the on the weed. Ah, uh, yeah, to make it uh, heavier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But nowadays they are actually mixing spice with weed, which is really dangerous. Uh, the side effects of spice are comparable to crack, so it's really bad. Yeah, have you have you ever accidentally or intentionally tried spice? No, I've never tried spice, uh, but I must say that actually I smoked some weed from London once, and uh, and I had this, I was with a friend, and he was as he was rolling a joint, and uh, you know I I've, I would never thought that he could be you know spice like never he did yeah. he did. Like it had a it had a weird weird smell. Like he was he was rolling, and the smell was so 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 strong. Mm. And it was only a little bit of weed out of the the box. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh wow, this is really this is strong what you're rolling. And uh, when I smoked it, I I uh, I usually even if I smoke. Uh, something that's quite uh, strong because I have, a, I have developed a pretty high tolerance to, to it uh, along the years. Uh, but this, it was really, really like, I had like, I was, I, I had like two hits on the joint and I started to feel like really shitty. Like I was not paranoid, but I was really starting to feel like uncomfortable like it, I just didn't like the feeling of it, and I got like a huge, the biggest migraine ever the next day, and uh, 
then uh, then uh, I, I, I just did a bit of research on like the the spice because I was suspecting it to be spice because of the side effects because of a few videos I've watched on spice and you have people like they are a bit like shaking they are like sweating and I like was sweating the next day like you know and having a migraine and I saw you maybe had something that was mixed with it yeah exactly and uh and I have you know I have so many people uh so many people people are saying to me that in the since I do the ham talk all my British friends are said oh we are speaking about are saying like hi I just saw your ham talk and and yeah and there's so much skunk like this skunky skunk in the UK like right now it's skunk is taking a, a bit like over although skunk and skunk and spice you know really like but um but yeah spice is like so bad I've never tried it like deliberately uh so i just hope that i would never like you know smoke on a joint and think it's weed and it's spice oh yeah but you will feel it directly <clears throat> like because it's very uh yeah you feel it's a complete different after you take that first puff you know you really feel that it's something wrong yeah and uh, my eyes were really really red like unbelievably red did you have that too yes 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 exactly like oh, that but freaky red huh yeah and two heads but freaky freaky red yeah something that you don't even get after like a whole joint you know yeah so true it's such a but okay so is it like this in france as well because i don't really i don't really know the talk about cannabis back in the day but in sweden uh often when they ref when they talk about cannabis they say cannabis and spice or they talk about spice as if it's a part of cannabis but it, that is like saying that uh, if we talk about wine that uh, ethanol qua ethanol we're not comparing uh, ethanol and wine you know even though it both has alcohol in it but do you see what i mean it's a very it's a very ugly thing to put next to each other because it's not the same thing and it's 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 a fa it's a rip off but it creates this thing that people people then think that oh my god yeah sometimes if you choose cannabis it's going to be spice no that is people because it's black market and it's illegal that some people uh, need only have enough money to buy spice and not cannabis you know totally it's so dangerous I hope it doesn't take over France as it did for the UK because I think in the UK everybody kind of knows what spice is but in France it's not the case. Space spice in France is not such a big deal for now. Already on the market people don't speak about it and but also there is it's I think the people who would get it would be mostly like from the internet. A lot of people now order weed from the internet especially these days and uh there's a real risk and i think the fact that spice is uh also a bit taking over uh is a huge point to make and a huge reason to regulate the situation of wheat because it's going to poison it's going to poison the youth and if it keeps go going like like this uh 
it's got, it's gonna become really really bad like imagine smoking like a spice at like uh when when i was 16 if my first joint that i smoked was spice i would have freaked out oh yeah and you would probably never use cannabis again you would be in the in the in the group that is anti anti cannabis you know anti legalization peut-être exactly it's so dangerous in the uh like I don't understand. There's a huge responsibility to, uh, like, the people who smoke. Any smoker or any consumer has like a huge responsibility. He has to make choices of what he smoke, how he smokes it, and why he why he smokes it. But I don't know because I've never seen spice. But I'd like to see spice just so I could like maybe know what it looks like does it look different the the spice that i uh smoke i mean in the end it looks as if it's uh, already grinded so it does like the spice that i found it didn't come in a bud it came as if it's already grinded and it looks more like grass the grass that comes on the the ground you know that kind of grass is how it looks like so it's not these curly leaves that you can sometimes see but again i'm sure that there's a lot of different like varieties of spice but um that was the one i had and and oh god i remember getting so um hysterical i was hysterically paranoid like one minute and then hysterically like laughing hysterically the other minute and you know when you laugh so You know, I don't know if you tried uh, magic mushrooms, but you know, yes. like, yeah, I you love know, magic it, mushrooms. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so, it's it's such an amazing experience. I have so many things to say about magic mushrooms. Like, I've been like so interested in this subject for the last three months. Uh, the first time I tried it was three months ago. Ah, oh, that was the And, first time uh, you tried been- it. Yes. Okay, so tell us about your first experience. Like, how did you do it? Were you with friends, alone, outside, inside? So I was at a I was at a birthday, and uh, so basically, uh, someone had some chocolate, and inside the chocolate was uh, dry, grinded magic mushrooms, psilocybin. Yeah. And in each chocolate was. 0.5 milligrams Perfect. and I basically I had three chocolates and I had three chocolates <laughs> so but it was like I didn't take them all at once like I took one and then two hours later I took another and two hours later I took another and it was really good um the the friend of mine who did them is really interested in the medicinal purposes of the magic mushrooms and uh, was speaking to me about it for a while so before i tried them i was already aware of the fact that it could actually be good for my body and uh, before i remember reading an article Uh, on Forbes, I think, about how uh, microdosing psilocybin helps you to stimulate your brain capacities. So the first time I took it was just the best night ever. I really reacted to it 
really, really well. Uh, I felt so connected because I was a bit concerned that I was going to get hallucinations and that I was not going to enjoy the hallucinations. And uh, so it was the best night ever. And uh, I had, it was great because I didn't have an ounce of alcohol. Yeah, I had one glass of champagne because it was a birthday and just one glass of champagne. But I was surprised to have any, uh, any, any uh, side effects the next day. Yeah, and with this dose, I was still too, like lucid, you know, I still knew like what I was doing. I was not insane. I, I think I looked pretty normal there. I was like, it was great. I even slept like a baby afterwards. Yes. And, you know, we were speaking about my dad earlier. He's really, he truly believes in the the power of magic mushrooms for addiction mm. and for like uh, PTSD and those kind of things. Mm. And there's so many studies going at, at this subject right now. And because... Because also because my friend who is really interested to that told me about uh, this before. Uh, maybe it was a placebo effect, but even if it was, it was nice that after this night, this party on magic mushrooms, I felt like in the next day, I could tell a difference between my state of mind before and after. Exactly. It was so amazing. Like it changed your perspective on on life not only during the time you take it but after like it it stays with you exactly it stays with you and uh and uh i was uh i was actually not in the best uh i it was the first time of my life i experienced the death of someone really close to me oh sorry and you know i really like i remember like three days after the shrooms i'm like thinking Am I? I was like, like super depressed a week ago, and now I feel like I'm all back on track again. Like this must be the the magic mushrooms, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it like it it's as if it like make all your ups and downs. It just like balance it together, you know. And you realize that because that is something that we have to deal with our whole life, right? We will lose people we love. We will go through breakups, heartaches, uh, we will get sick ourselves maybe. And there's so many things that will happen. We might lose our job. Sometimes we will go a whole year being poor, like not have an income and the stress that you get from that, you know. There's so many things that will unbalance our lives. And that is really something that, that magic mushrooms can can really help because it really helps you to realize, like purely realize that, this is life and it's okay. Like, yes, it feels really hard right now, but it's okay. Exactly. It's proven uh, that, um, and it, it, this is why uh, magic, magic mushrooms are studied by neuroscientists. It's because it's proven that by basically doing new connections in your brain, you're uh, fascinating, you're shaping how your brain works. If there's basically there's habits and all our lives we fight with habits if someone uh, passed away we have the habit of seeing this person and suddenly we don't see see him anymore and it's a habit and we and mushrooms help us to overcome habits because it re reboots the brain 
And just as the same way that magic mushrooms shape the brain, habits shape the brain too. So if you do something often, uh, all of this will shape the connection in your brain and will shape, shape the matter. So this is like, I think this is fascinating because it proves that our intention shapes matter, the, our brain. It really, really does. Like the first time I tried, it was a few years ago. It was like five years ago. I had the most, wow, it was the, it was one of the craziest experiences I ever had, like profoundly, you know, it really, that really changed so many things in, in my life, mentally, uh, perspectively, you know, because you know how it can be very hard to see from many different perspectives in life because you have grown up one way, you had your teachers, you had your parents and to get many different perspectives can be, I mean, you have to, you have to get it yourselves. You have to work on finding new perspectives and be able to see life in these uh, different perspectives. But magic mushrooms really helps you to like fully, like with big clear eyes, really see it from whether it's a different person's perspective or just seeing a situation from a completely zoomed out uh, perspective and just see it for what it is not saying that oh this is right or wrong or this is good or bad this is just how it is this thing is just this that's it you know and then we are the ones that said no it's good no it's bad it's right it's wrong or this or that like nothing is right or wrong or good or bad yeah if someone takes someone else for me it's like if you do something deliberately to hurt someone else like you're kidnapping raping uh, abusing or taking someone else's life that is that is purely bad like you can for me you cannot say anything about it that's purely bad i cannot say that it's evil even though we would like to say that it's evil but there's definitely something wrong in in a person's mind if you want to quit another person's life i mean then something isn't really working well and it's then that per it's it's really unfortunate for that person but we still have to realize that that person did something that is wrong and is bad, you know, have that person in society. That's that's it, you know. But otherwise, we are so easy to judge stuff. And that is so that is so unnecessary because then we cannot have discussions about stuff. If someone says, no, don't say that because it's bad. Uh-huh, okay, so that's that stops the conversation then, you know, and makes it very unhealthy. And that's how I feel the cannabis and the, specifically the magic mushrooms uh, conversation is, uh, unfortunately. Because uh, there, there was years, decades, even centuries of prohibition against these substances. Um, magic mushrooms, are very, we, we can compare them easily with cannabis in the way that, for instance, they have a lot of things in common. For example, the fact that Humans have been using them for centuries for healing or spiritual purposes uh, and cannabis, just the same. And now it's sometimes the governments are like, cens- cens- comme, I don't know, censuré. <laughs> they are oh, censored. censored, yeah. Be, like, for example, someone who speaks about magic mushrooms or cannabis can be censored for speaking about the history of the plants. Mm. And this is dangerous because we have to 
to, to ask ourselves, why are they doing this? Why are we not allowed to speak about the history of magic mushrooms? What, are, what, is, the what is the interest yeah. of prohibition? Why would people uh, use opioids when they can use and grow their own medicine? Dear listeners, if you like what you hear, please check out my Patreon. The link is in the description here below. Only if you're able to, of course. Now, let's get back to our guest. For the listeners, I mean, France, one of France's biggest prides are the freedom of speech. That is something that the French people has has fought for. for. Like, that is one of their proudest things and has been since, what, the revolution, no? Uh, France is certainly a very open-minded country in the way that French people are, I think, quite open-minded. But the actual government are really like not open-minded and are not making a lot of uh, good things. People, you know, in France are not happy about the government and. And uh, like there, a lot of people feel they have been deprived from many of their rights and freedom, and this is why be, be, like it's crazy to think because it seems like it was a long time now, but it was really only recent. Before before the crisis of COVID, people have been in the street of Paris every Saturday to pro to to like to protest. Since November 2018, right? Exactly. It's it's one and a half year. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I can't see it um, going the other way around. And uh, and I think cannabis, the cannabis cause, can be linked to all the social justice causes in the way that we are united because we have the same oppressors in a way yeah, yeah. like for example the fight for anti-racism anti-violence um all the all the like the unjust uh, laws that are being voted all like the poor people who are not getting enough help mm -hmm. uh while they are still like giving money to the to the state um so and uh, so that's so i think that it's a really a uh, good opportunity because we're at such a turning point in our societies it would be such a good opportunity to for the ca for cannabis activists to really raise up definitely and it can it can help it can really help us as well to get out of out of these economic crisis that's going to be now after covid you know It's gonna be. It could be really huge for Europe specifically to let the hemp grow. Yes, uh, we can replace plastic with hemp. We can uh, do like oil for like cars. It could create so many works, uh, so many jobs. Um, yeah. There's so many advantage, and also people. Because it's really linked to wellness, and if people consume cannabis, their wellness will eventually improve. 
and once you're you're enough well in your life you you get the ability to see and to and to fight and uh i think that yeah cannabis i think the the this year is gonna it's gonna be like cannabis is going to be a very big matter um i saw uh this morning in uh, a canadian uh study uh that um cannabis is very effective uh for covid basically the this study uh uh is uh, the it's like cannabis patients is the effect of covid on cannabis patients and uh, so it it kills the covid cells like six like 73% of the infection in is, is as an average it gets rid of so uh, there's so many there's so many things that uh, cannabis can do in the we're like learn I'm so excited about all the studies that are going to come up in the next year. Oh my god, yes, I know. And can you can you imagine if COVID is going to be like the thing that uh, that's going to help cannabis to get on the market? Imagine if COVID is going to be that thing. That's that would be amazing. I think it already started. You can see it clearly uh, with a uh, CBD. Like see the CBD industry has boomed uh since uh containment and like it would like if you think about it like with a little i know because obviously i'm not a doctor i'm not a physiologist not a scientist but i do some research and i read a lot of books about cannabis and when you know that cannabis can help you uh like can help your cells to regenerate that you know that it's super anti-inflammatory, mm. that some strains are really antibacterial. I mean, it's very, it makes it obvious that according to all the other studies that has been made for many diseases and many conditions that cannabis can really help in, uh, in curing like COVID because COVID, it's an infection. When I saw this article, I was like, I knew it because actually I had this thought, I think like a month ago, I remember thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if we found out that cannabis, you know, was the remedy for COVID. <laughs> and I mean, can you imagine how nice it, no, but seriously, I mean, in Sweden, for example, if if that would come to Sweden, because Sweden, I don't know if you know, but in Sweden... There's no confinement, you know, there's no lockdown, there's no quarantine. Yeah, no, they're yeah. like doing the strategy of, uh, herd, of immunity. Everyone got herd immunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and which maybe works in Sweden because Sweden is a very big country, but with very few people. I mean, we're 10 million uh, in the whole country, which is nothing at all. Um, so I maybe it works, you know, but I mean... Oh, also, I really, really wish and hope that it's going to come out. That's, you know, cannabis might be, you know, the way to keep people safe and, and healthy through this time. Because a vaccine will not come within a year, you know, for the yeah. broad population. I mean, it will come to test people, but we all know that the, these kind of trials take a long time, which is good because we don't want to put a vaccine in someone that... Uh, that later will have really bad side effects. Like we really need to test them and make sure that they work and so on. 
And cannabis is just such a wonderful thing to have in the meantime, you know? Yes, in the meantime, it's it can be great for the body and also great for mental health. As a, If there's another containment, uh, I mean, we're not... I mean, it's not impossible that there are other containment after the unlockdown in France. It's being said that if there, the results are not are not good enough, if there's uh, if there's another peak, yeah, another curve, uh, like a second wave, yeah, a second wave, yeah, exactly. If there's a second wave in France, are saying now the politics that they were they will do another containment and. Uh, I mean, a lot of people with mental health issues are taking, like, are finding themselves in homes with access to very uh, strong medicine. Yeah. And it becomes dangerous for them. And even CBD can really help. I mean, uh, for, as, I don't know, some, some people are more affected by CBD, some people are less infected but affected <laughs> so uh so yeah cbd is isn't it like a great way to get rid of like anxiety like you're doing good for your body it's yes it's perfect i'm dying Absolutely. for cbd right now oh my god i'm so, so i'm so sorry that you don't but don't can't you manage to find some how long more will you stay I there i could i could i'm just a bit maybe i'm a bit old school like i like going to the shop Yeah. And uh, to, I like going to the CBD shop. I've never ordered CBD online. Oh, um, okay. There is a brand that sent me CBD at my home in Paris. So I can't wait to like look in my mailbox the first time like uh, anyone like gives me CBD for free. So super excited. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, um, so nice. Yeah. I could. No, I could. I could. If I was really in need, like, mm. but the thing is, I don't have chronic pain. I don't have really struggled to sleep. Yeah. I don't have such a, like, I have my moments where I'm a bit, you know, lonesome because I'm in the middle of the countryside in the house with my dad for two months. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be hard for like anyone, you know? Yeah, but I'm not going to complain because uh, I'm really grateful. I'm in good condition uh, in terms of my body and my mental health. But definitely if I would, if I needed some something to relax me, I would definitely use like CBD right now. But I, I, I'm going to wait uh, until I go to Paris, but... Surely the first thing I do when I get back to Paris is to get some CBD flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, we should really, we should really do another podcast because it feels like we can sit and talk forever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I was looking at the time and... Yes. <laughs> It's like two hours, I feel like, like shit. <laughs> me too. Good luck with the edit, huh? Thank you. <laughs> I'd love to do uh, Skype with you, uh, I mean, uh, Zoom with you about psychedelics. Oh, we should really do that. A podcast, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun to host you and I can't wait to talk again, babe. 
It's really nice. Me too. And let me say to finish that uh, I like what you do is great uh, for the cannabis community, doing so many educational tools. Your podcast is great and I love it. So thank you so much for everything. Oh, you're the best. Thank you so much. Well, we're going to go far. It's going to be really fun too. I mean, we're going to do this forever. Can you imagine that we met now? And then we're going to be yeah. there, you know, like, imagine in 2020, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So I nice. I can picture myself so clearly in five years. Yeah. Being like working in a, an industry and things like moved forward like All so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And we will we we would have been there for like the beginning, you know, at the yes. beginning in the way. So it's really exciting. Yeah. It's like definitely. a very cool adventure. It's a really cool adventure. So so nice. Okay, well, bon appétit and talk to you soon, darling. Bon app. Merci. See you, sweetie. Bisous. Bye bye. Ciao. Bisous, bisous. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to my social channels and rate this podcast. And if you would like to support me a little bit extra, it would really mean the world to me. So check out my Patreon profile that I linked in the episode description. It's all thanks to your support that I can continue talking, writing, recording and making more cannabis content for you and our amazing community. Have an awesome day and lots of love.